Hello and welcome to Take It or Leave It. It's a Christian podcast to encourage us all to implement real change in our lives based on the teachings of Jesus so that when the rapture occurs, we may all be caught up to meet Jesus Christ in the air. It's about spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. I'm your host, Madison Santiago. Hello and welcome back to Take It or Leave It. We are back for part six of our priesthood series and I want to dive right in. Recently, we learned that our bodies have to be presented as a living sacrifice to God, meaning acceptable to God, first class status. Do you remember talking about this? Whatever we do to our body will surely impact our body. So wherever we take it, whatever we're saying, it impacts our body, meaning it impacts our sacrifice. So you and I, we must be so careful with how we use our body. As review, we were reading in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to go ahead and start in verse 1. And it says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So building, house, tent this is our body okay verse two for in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven so we learn that groan is sigh and today we're going to zoom in on why someone would sigh and in verse two paul is saying that we don't like to be here on earth but we prefer to be with jesus that doesn't mean we on earth cry and sigh until Jesus takes us we cry and we sigh while being about the business of God okay verse 3 if indeed having been clothed we shall not be found naked if indeed means if you are truly a follower of Christ meaning that not all will be clothed you see Paul he never assured somebody that they're saved this is unlike the churches today providing false hope this is also why Paul is very popular because he never gave anyone a false hope because he knew that he would be held accountable like many are going to be held accountable today you and me we're going to be judged based on how we lead or mislead a person Paul is making it clear that a heavenly body is not for everyone here, but only for those that meet the conditions set by God himself. Verse 4, For we who are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Okay, so we, Paul means like me. Paul's not glorifying himself, right? He's glorifying his ministry. We, meaning all who serve God, which includes Paul. It's our decision where we live our life forever. So we get to decide if we are part of this we, so that we may be further clothed, right? That we might receive life eternally with Jesus Christ. So we desire to be in a new spiritual habitation, but why would anyone sigh and cry about this? Well, we learned recently that we're spiritual Jews. This was in the last episode of this podcast, part five, spiritual Jews, not naturally, but by the spirit. Let's review that very quickly. Many Christians today, they're showing their support for Israel during this time of war. And I'm not entirely sure that the majority even understand why they are supporting Israel. And what I mean is, I don't believe that they understand that they are spiritual Jews, meaning that they are impacted by the events going on today. 
We're going to read in Romans 11, 13, and this should sound very familiar to you. Again, it's just a review. Verse 13 of Romans 11 says, For I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. So Paul said this, Paul was assigned to preach to Gentiles, magnifying his ministry, right? And Paul's ministry was not a big ministry, so let's take note of that. He didn't have a worship team that traveled around with him. He didn't have all these people with him. It was just Paul moving from place to place, preaching the gospel. Let's move on to verse 14. Paul says, If by any means I may provoke you to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. 15. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So remember lump, meaning the origin, right? Verse 17, and if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. So who is the root? It's Jesus. Verses 18 through 20, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the roots, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Verse 20, well said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Don't be haughty, but fear. Now, when Paul says, don't be haughty, haughty is prideful. Arrogant, don't be arrogant. Don't be prideful. Verse 21, for if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. So when it says natural branches, those are real-life Jews born naturally as Jews, right? Verse 22, Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Okay, so we get goodness from God if we continue in his goodness, meaning if we continue living a life for God truly serving him. Otherwise, verse 22 says, you also will be cut off. So you and I, if indeed, right, the qualification, if, We serve the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, mind, and strength. We have been grafted into the olive tree. So spiritual Jews, right, those who are grafted in, they benefit from the same root as the natural Jews who believe in Jesus Christ, okay? You can be a natural Jew and not believe in this verse here that we just read. Those Jews are cut off because they don't believe. They're cut off because of their unbelief. So even the natural Jews, they must believe, in Jesus Christ. Likewise, we are to believe in Jesus Christ. The natural Jews who do not believe in Christ were and are cut off and thrown into the fire. Do you understand? So we support Israel, not because our pastor supports Israel, but because we serve God as spiritual Jews. And as a reminder, the New Testament is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. All right, there are natural Jews who are born a Jew and believe in God. We are spiritual Jews who are engrafted into the tree because we repented and we live a life for God. We produce evidence of our faith in him. We are Jews. So we respect the Old Testament and the New Testament. And some today think that the Old Testament does not apply to us, but the Old Testament principles impact New Testament lives. 
I am living today. You are living today. We are living out a New Testament life, right? And these principles apply to us today. So both the Old Testament and the New Testament apply to us. We ought to know both. If it speaks about Jews, it also speaks to us if we serve God, right? I was not born a natural Jew, but if I serve God, I can say that I'm a spiritual Jew. And if that's the same for you, you can say the same. So let's study the vision from God to prophet Ezekiel. We're going to talk about this today. This is a prophecy for the Jews. But if you are engrafted into the tree, you are a spiritual Jew. So this is a prophecy for you. It's a prophecy for me, those who belong to the kingdom of God. Let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 9. I'm going to start in verse 1. And it says, Then he called out in my hearing with a loud voice, saying, let those who have charge over the city draw near, each with a deadly weapon in his hand. Okay, so God called out to Ezekiel. The city that God is referring to is Jerusalem. That's the city of God. Prophets need to understand the message of God. So they use what they know to explain the images that they're seeing from the word that God is giving to them. And in some cases, visions are given, right? Visions are given, vivid pictures are given, and they don't understand them completely because they hadn't seen those things yet. So they need to make sense of what they are seeing. And I hope that makes sense. Okay, prophets hear from God and they need to make sense of what they are hearing or seeing. So for example, Revelation, which is written by Apostle John, right, as directed by Jesus, it is written and inspired by the Holy Spirit. John wrote what he saw. And he, saw, he wrote that he saw dragons throwing flames, flying things that were compared to insects. John didn't know what those objects were. But today we can read that and understand that could be aircrafts and helicopters, things firing missiles, right? Imagine missiles flying in from different countries. That's what John was seeing, but he didn't understand what that was. John didn't know, so he wrote it down and he made sense of it in a way that made sense to him based on what he knew at that time. Okay, so now Ezekiel is also writing in a way that makes sense to him. Let's reread verse one and continue on. Then he, capital H, God, called out in my hearing with a loud voice, saying, let those who have charge over the city draw near each with a deadly weapon in his hand. Verse two, and suddenly six men came from the direction of the upper gate, which faces north, each with his battle axe in his hand. One man among them was clothed with linen and had a writer's inkhorn at his side. They went in and stood beside the bronze altar. So the vision received is specific. It's the upper gate, the gate in the north, right? These are the gates of repentance. You can research more about that and confirm that. How many people are there based on what we just read? If you said seven, you're right. One man among the six. So six had weapons and one had an inkhorn. There's the bronze altar where the offering is made. And they waited there, right? The verse said they waited there. They stood beside the bronze altar. Verse three, now the glory of God of Israel had gone up from the cherub where it had been to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the man clothed with linen who had the writer's inkhorn at his side. Okay, so the glory of God, right? It's like a covering. And here we read that the glory of God, the covering, it went away. It departed. So no more glory of God over the temple. This signifies that the temple was going into ruin. 
Now the temple can be destroyed without the glory of God, without the covering. Today, the whole earth is covered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is covering the earth, okay? But one day, the Holy Spirit will depart, and we learn about that in the Bible, in almost all today on earth. Though the earth is covered by the Holy Spirit, there are many individuals today, many people today that are not covered by the Holy Spirit because they are not indwelled. As soon as the Holy Spirit covering leaves, it means that earth can now be destroyed, okay? Let's go to John chapter 16, verse 7. And this reads, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking. For if I do not go away, the helper, that's a capital H right there, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. That's why he has sent. John chapter 14, verse 15. I want you to read this closely because if you read it closely, you will walk away knowing that it is confirmed that not all keep his commandments. So this earthly teaching that all are saved, it's not true. You're saved if you keep the commandments of God. Verse 15 says, if you love me, capital M, Jesus Keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. So if you have the helper, how long will the Holy Spirit be with you? Forever. If you obey Jesus's commandments. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Okay, so the Holy Spirit comes to earth to convict the world of sin, right? And he's not just to be around us, though he is, right? He's here. It's confirmed. He needs to be in you. And it's your choice, okay? The world cannot receive him, but he, the Holy Spirit, like I said, will still convict the world. And it's not possible for the world to receive him. Why? The world is evil. The world is wicked. Like I just said, the Holy Spirit is with us all but not in all. Not everyone is indwelled with the Holy Spirit. He is the covering of the earth. Again, almost all don't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. This is necessary to be caught up or raptured with Jesus. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 6. And I know we're skipping around here, but this is all good information that we need to link together. Okay? Verse 6 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says, And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Okay, when we read this, now you know what is restraining. We know the Holy Spirit is restraining. The verse continues that he may be revealed in his own time. That H is not capitalized. That's referring to the Antichrist. So the Holy Spirit is, yes, sent here to convict the world of sin, but he is also restraining the coming of the Antichrist. All right, so when that Holy Spirit covering is removed, here he comes. Here comes the Antichrist. Okay? Verse 8. And then the lawless one who will be revealed, okay, again, the Antichrist, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The rapture is the removal of the Holy Spirit. 
I'm going to say that again. The rapture is the removal of the Holy Spirit from earth. It's the departure of the glory of God. So we know the Holy Spirit will depart one day. He will be removed out of the way. He will go away. So what about those who are indwelled with the Holy Spirit? And what I mean is not just those with the Holy Spirit, but the ones with the Holy Spirit inside of them. They are those that will go with the Holy Spirit when he goes away. This demonstrated the consistency of God. We have a consistent God, the same God yesterday, today, and forever, the ancient of days. God is so loving that he protects the world, though it's in chaos. We have this covering. Churches believe the rapture, right? That's good news. It's easy for this world to embrace good news, but few have demonstrated their own belief. They produce no evidence of their faith in Jesus Christ. And it's a problem. But let's go back to Ezekiel. And again, I'm in Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 3. Now the glory of God of Israel had gone up from the cherub where it had been to the threshold of the temple. And he called to the man clothed with linen who had the writer's inkhorn at his side. And the Lord said to him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done within it. So was this mark for everyone? No, only those who sigh and cry. Is that you? Are you sighing and crying over the abominations in this world? And I don't want you to try to make yourself cry now because anyone can do that. But do you really feel that? If you are in religion, you will not get this mark. And I'm not referring to the mark of the beast. This is a mark upon the foreheads of the men and women who sigh and cry over all the abominations that are done in this earth. You must be sure that you're going to get the mark. Only you decide that or else you fall victim to Matthew chapter 7 verses 22 to 23 where the Lord says, away from me. I never knew you. Don't deceive yourself. God will secure his people from ruin. Before the glory departs, meaning before the Holy Spirit departs, the believers will get a mark. Even in the story of Saddam, God removed the people before destruction came. In Egypt, people marked their house to be passed over by the destroyer. Here, we learn that those with inward grief, they get the mark. They are crying, which is the outward expression of their grief. They get the mark. Why? Because they are crying at the condition of this world, because of the abominations of earth. It is so bad. If you look at the scripture, you can compare it to today and you can see the abomination today so clearly. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of God, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and for such people turn away. Do you see it? Yes? Can you stop it? No. We, of course, could intercede and pray. But in the prophecy in Ezekiel, the people experienced grief. They were sighing and crying because there was no more that they could do to stop the people from these abominations to God. 
They didn't know what to do but pray to the Lord. And they sighed and they cried because of how bad it was. Only true children of God will sigh and cry and they will truly feel it. We look at this to see if we are the ones who will get the mark. I can't tell you if you will get the mark. You can't tell me if I will get the mark. Sure, you can guess based on what you see in my life, based on how I conduct myself, based on the evidence that I produce, but you don't know for sure. You must work it out for you and I will work it out for me. And if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. So I can't tell you if you'll get the mark, but you must know that for yourself. Paul taught us that, to work it out for our own salvation. And I want you to remember, hearing the word of God brings great accountability. His word is holy and powerful. What will you do with what you heard today? This is shared with the love of the Lord. Thank you so much. This is Take It or Leave It. God bless you all.